I'm Irina Arsen. Uh, I was a construction project manager representing York. I'm Paul Stevens, principal at ZES Architects in Toronto, and I was the project director for the project. We're standing in front of the Bergeron Centre for Engineering Excellence, which is the new home for the Lausanne School of Engineering at York University. One of the things that we wanted to make sure of was that the pedestrian experience around the building was um, pleasant and essentially car-free as well. So there is no parking on this site whatsoever. So standing at the main entrance, you can also notice the actual hardscaping. We've used highly reflective surfaces so that we can minimize the uh, heat island effect. The grasses that you're seeing are all native grasses uh, and interspersed. There's a lot of use of sedum and low ground cover which will minimize the need for irrigation and also minimize any erosion as a result of the sloped uh, landscape beds that, you'll, that you're seeing. As we walk along the east walkway, you'll notice part of a pedestrian route uh, that connects a network of uh, pathways across the campus. The uh, landscaping has been uh, carefully integrated to the Arboretum and the pond habitat. The South Courtyard is not only an assembly space for the students, but it also is um, a viewing platform to look at the ponds that have been developed uh, to control stormwater impact of this development. So those sustainable features also become uh, really wonderful uh, visual elements within the landscape plan too. So the noise that you're hearing in the background is the active learning that happens within the school uh, where the students are actually developing different technologies, including solar cars and other sustainable uh, machinery and equipment. So as we're looking up from the South Courtyard, you'll notice the very unique facade made up of a random pattern which resembles um, a cloud-like feature across the landscape. It's especially noticeable during the sunrise and sunsets where the building is absorbs the colors of the sky, the pinks and the purples, and actually changes its color as a result. The facade itself is actually very energy efficient because the wall-to-window ratio is uh, quite low, but the windows which are created within the space are very effective to make sure that uh, optimum daylighting is achieved. After we finished the building, everyone was impressed uh, the fact that it shimmers in the light uh, and it gives at all times of the day a different appearance, cloud-like, uh, they didn't even take into consideration the efficiency of this facade. So if you, if you look to your left, you will see that we have installed uh, LED light standards. Uh, there's great attention given to uh, reducing light pollution, especially because uh, there is an observatory uh, in the Petrie building. We've just walked up the stairs from the south courtyard and we're now standing in what we call the event space that is the heart of the building and it is really a wonderful social space for the students. If you look around, you'll see some wonderful panoramic windows which capitalize on daylighting opportunities. One of the things that we had to be very mindful of in designing the space was the impact of light, not only within the space, but also glare. So what we did was we implemented some solid glass units along with some fritted patterns of glass. This also helps to reduce the 
a possibility of bird impact on these large glass surfaces. As you look around the event space, you'll notice that this is probably one of the busiest hubs in the entire building. This is a place where you can learn with your colleagues. It's also a getaway space for social interaction. We're now walking down the hallway towards the main lobby of the building, the central entrance point for all visitors in the building. And I think of what I'd really like to point out here is the fact that lighting design throughout the entire building has been developed using the highest level efficiency fixtures. You'll also see as you look up at the ceiling, uh, it's a very random open grid system. You'll see open grid systems of lighting, of structure, of mechanicals. Because this is an engineering building, and engineers are such an important part of our building industry, that it was really important that we expose a lot of the mysteries of building design and construction. The request from the faculty was to build the building as a learning laboratory. So everything that could be exposed and left for the future engineers to observe and monitor has been uh, accommodated by the design team. We're now going to walk from the main lobby up onto the second level of the building. The stair itself is made out of sheet steel and welded in place, so it's almost like a structural sculpture, if you will. The material selections that we use throughout the building uh, were driven by a concern to use recycled content to the greatest degree possible. We actually achieved 23% uh, throughout the overall building. And also, really importantly, to try to select materials which are regional. Toronto and the GTA are in the center of a very large manufacturing and construction area. We felt it was optimal to actually capitalize on that by specifying regionally based materials. We were very careful in terms of specifying uh, forest stewardship council grade wood so that all the millwork would achieve uh, that sustainability goal. Waste management during the construction of the building uh, has been taken very seriously. Uh, the result was 91.2% uh, of construction waste to be diverted uh, from landfill. This represents 1,830 tons that was diverted from landfill. So we're standing in the middle of probably one of the most popular spaces in the entire school. We started out calling it a design lab, but soon after the students moved in, they changed the name of it to the sandbox. This is a room where students work together, conceptualize ideas together, and eventually prototype them into engineering solutions. It's very open, lots of glass, lots of small meeting rooms off to the side. You'll see some wonderful wood flooring, which is harvested old logs from the Pembroke River in Ontario. This is where you'll see the triangulated windows. The shapes of these windows, interestingly, have also created some great banquettes or almost lounges that the students actually sit within the wall of the window, but they're also designed so that they don't overpower the thermal requirements of the, uh, the building design. Um, because this building is a very active building and sometimes it's filled with people and other times it's not, it was really important to develop a lighting design where occupancy sensors are used throughout the building and in all spaces. The design also allows for lighting override controls so that in certain learning spaces you can up the lighting levels 
or lower them. And we actually noticed that the students are lowering lighting levels in particular spaces far more than we would have anticipated. The result of that is obviously energy savings for the university. It's a win-win. If you look around, uh, you can see students uh, working, talking, uh, and you know, to your left, you will see students working on their assignments. Uh, they love the space. They feel like this is their home away from home. And I think the design uh, has addressed a real need. So we've just walked up the stairs and we're entering the third floor level. And this is a level where a lot of the learning happens in a more instructional situation. To improve the indoor air quality, we made sure that we specified low emitting materials. As the building was being constructed, indoor air quality management is especially important. As you can imagine, there's lots of dust materials that are floating around during a very busy and active construction site. And some of those materials can get sealed in between things uh, or contaminate uh, certain pieces of equipment which may blow through the building for years to come. So we made sure that dust and emitting materials were minimized so that in terms of indoor air quality, the building passes all tests much easier than trying to clean it up later. The design incorporates the, the use of carbon uh, dioxide sensors to control the ventilation uh, in the densely occupied spaces. The reason why we use these carbon dioxide sensors is not only to control the carbon dioxide buildup in the building, which can lead to headaches and also poor uh, attention within the room, but also that it minimizes the need for the heating and ventilation system to be operating at peak capacity. So we're able to actually reduce the uh, load capacity and by that reduce the amount of energy consumption. The uh, HVAC systems are connected to a district energy plant. Uh, the overall energy cost savings is about 33% compared to a conventional building. We wanted to make sure that insulation was used effectively throughout the building and to do that what we made sure of was that insulation wraps all edges of the building and there is no thermal cold bridging or exposed elements that could bring cold temperatures back into the building. As we're on our way up to the roof level there's a few things that I wanted to mention. The, uh, the building itself actually has an extensive metering system. One of the things we wanted to make sure was that we were tracking the energy usage and the requirements of the system so that they could be fine-tuned and optimized over the long term. We're standing up on the fifth level of the building. This is probably one of the most panoramic spaces in the entire building. The actual uh, mechanical rooms are up on this level as well, and in an effort to reduce greenhouse gas contributions, um, the equipment was specified to make sure that low-impact refrigerants were used uh, in, those, in those pieces of equipment. Um, a green roof system was used as part of the stormwater management um, goals of the project. There is a beautiful terrace and the green roof is fully exposed and uh, teaching can be done uh, by observing uh, the adjacent surface to the ter terrace. York University made a, a very clear mandate to design a sustainable building. But along with that, one of the most amazing things that I've noticed is how well the students and the faculty have embraced it. And it's really become 
um, a social hub for the entire university. And I would suggest also to you that student performance can probably be tracked to, I would say, a higher level of performance because of the design of this building. I think having it located on your campus and uh, being able to speak uh, highly about it in terms of sustainability has um, increased interest of coming to this campus and also the public's acknowledgement of York University as a green leader in Toronto.